Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss manufacturing careers, one parent's view. This is a very timely discussion considering Manufacturing Day is in October, although I think every day is Manufacturing Day. But it is know, in our shops, that's Carly. Right. That's right. That's right. So this is going to be great perspective because you have lived it as a parent. <laughs> and as the child in manufacturing. Well, that's true, too. You've got generations in manufacturing. So one of my earliest, well, my earliest memories of manufacturing was my dad coming home from the steel mill on midnight turn and me being in my high chair, rocking the high chair. And he was talking about the tandem mill crane or the temper milk crane. I don't know, but I was a little tyke. I was in a high chair, and Dad came home from work, and he smelled like the mill. And I, that's my earliest memory. That's a pretty early memory. That's pretty early. Another memory I had was in 1959, the steel mills, they all went on strike. It was a steel strike. Oof. And for 100 and, I'm going to say 117 days, Little Miles got no ice cream. Oh. Those days of manufacturing are remarkably different in my memory from the manufacturing that my son is working in now. There's probably no better way to contrast them than uh, the fact that most people think of manufacturing as dark and dirty and dangerous. The three Ds. The three Ds. And my grandfather was a catcher on a too high hand mill and it was dangerous and it was dirty. It wasn't dark because that steel was red hot and he <laughs> had tongs. Yeah. So, so two of the three days the freeze of experience with. Um, I, I was in a blast furnace going to college and uh, yeah, that can be some pretty difficult work. That's the fourth D, difficult but it's different today. So how do you see that contrast? Well, um, we talked about the steel strike. Yes. Okay, I see manufacturing today as stable. Definitely. Uh, we're gonna do a podcast about our August business trends report, uh, you know, for, for next week. And <laughs> this has been a great year for manufacturing. Our businesses are selling their production at the second highest level they have ever, as long as we've measured it. Well, and our, our workers were deemed essential Essen through the COVID essential crisis. Workers, right? Essential, talk about stable. Yeah. I mean, they, they were working, they had jobs, they were earning paychecks while yep. a lot of people were sitting at home. Yep. And they're, they're busy. Everybody I talk to, their shops are busy, busy, busy. It's doesn't get more, much more stable than that. So in, in, in the business trends report, I compare to the Fed's industrial production, the IP indicator. The IP indicator, industrial production, that's two-letter shorthand for manufacturing, folks. <laughs> We've recovered from pandemic. We are at higher IP than we were before the pandemic. 
we have recovered in manufacturing. So manufacturing is not only stable, it's sustainable in that we are actually sustaining our businesses beyond the effects of the last year or so. Wow. I am actually very looking forward to this discussion we're going to have about the business trends in another podcast. But I am starting to see a trend with stable and sustainable. What's next? The next S word? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Well, would you be surprised if I mentioned safety? Oh, no, I would not. No surprise here. So manufacturing is remarkably safe compared to the job my granddad had with tongs and fire and you know I mean you could put whatever those big football players are I take my granddad (laughs) okay (laughs) there were a lot of hazards it was physical physical work that brings us to the next S which is smart and manufacturing today is a lot less about physical work mm-hmm. and more about smart work. The computers that control the machines, it's no longer a big guy with a hammer and a lever and a fire wrench, right? It's We can dial in the offsets. And by the way, I've got a calculator glued to the machine so I can do the math to do those offsets. So totally different work from my memories, mm-hmm. my baby boomer dreams of <laughs> manufacturing back in the day. So manufacturing, to this parent, it's safe, it's smart, it's sustainable, it's stable. And that dispels the three Ds. Yeah, that dark, dirty, dangerous thing, not in my shops. So when you're talking about smart, too, the technology helps out these days because there are still some you're still dealing with very heavy bars and such but there's automation there's robotics there's things there's automation there's bar loaders yeah (laughs) they have jib cranes i mean there's radio controlled uh equipment to to move stuff around there's robots there's cobots there's cobots which are robots to assist you they're designed to assist you They're designed to be safe by you. So they do the drudge. I visited a Hyundai plant in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. And they had workers working side by side with robots. The robot would pick up the heavy tire. Mm -hmm. And the worker would tighten the bolt. If it was bigger or heavier than a lunch than a lunchbox, a robot did the lifting. And then every two hours, the people would move to another position so they didn't get repetitive motion industries. When I went through this plant on this plant tour, I followed a, a group of senior military people that were going through being toured. And the military was benchmarking to this plant for logistics because they had no inventory. And every two hours, they would get new trailers and new shipments and make new. Wow. That's what manufacturing is today. It's not people being beat. Right. Yep. by, By hard labor. It's not hard labor. It's smart working. 
big difference. Big difference. I know I've walked into so many shops and they're bright and they're clean and they're, I mean, you don't think manufacturing at all. So we're talking about one parent's view. I'm that parent. You are that parent. I'm that parent. I visit a lot of shops. And when I visit a shop, I have one criteria. And my criteria is if my daughter, if one of my two daughters came to me and said, Dad, such and such job offered me, a, such and such machining company offered me a job, I, I took it, would I be happy for both of them? Would you feel good and uh, that they're going to be safe? And I know gonna they're going to be safe. I know they're going to have stable work. In the 2008-2009 recession, our shops were actually running one ads, help wanted. We were still making parts. Yeah, because they're essential. Everybody they're needs them essential. every single day. In this COVID lockdown business last year, <laughs> guess who made ventilator parts? <laughs> guess which governors got calls because... Department of Homeland Security says we kind of need this. We, we need, need this technology. Parts. These people need an exemption, and we got that exemption. So absolutely essential. And if it wasn't safe, I, you know, I'd not be happy for my daughters. By the way, but okay. So that's you know hypothetical. Would I let my daughters? But you actually have a child in manufacturing. Well, I have a son. He's no child. And, <laughs> He's and, still your child. Well, I, I your suppose. Your child. I suppose. But, but here's the thing. Uh, he can do stuff with machines that I couldn't do. Wow. And it's smart, right? It's, he got a CNC operator credential. Mm-hmm. You know, he started on manual type machines and automatic machines and, and started at the bottom and you know he's doing shift lead work and he's running five axis machines that you wouldn't dare let me touch the red button let alone the green button to make it go <laughs> he's dialing in offset you know i mean it's just yes absolutely so let me ask you this one parent to another when he said he wanted to go into manufacturing did you get that pit in your stomach thinking of the old days or were you excited because you knew the great experience he was going to have? I, I don't think that we had a conversation that he wanted to go into manufacturing. Mm-hmm. It was clear to both of us that we needed to pivot and, and that manufacturing was likely to be a place where he could succeed and succeed oh my goodness oh my <laughs> yeah succeed is right so no college loan debt right thank nice. you manufacturing thank you you know uh, making a wage that you know we've we've talked about it being equivalent to the median u.s whatever more I mean, than actually it, yeah great yeah. great great wage great benefits working on great machines um you know, he's getting overtime, mm-hmm. you know, the, in manufacturing overtimes, uh, in, especially now. But, you know, not worried about him not getting a paycheck. I did get to meet him recently. Just, it was, it was great to meet, meet your son. And he smiles when he talks about his job. I mean, he's proud of what he does. He's proud of the parts he makes. He, he was explaining all the parts to me. He, he's very proud of his work. I think he has that understanding of how important 
that work is. Absolutely, absolutely. And at the same time, he's proud of what he's accomplished in his life since graduating from high school, taking some college, and finding really finding his his way into manufacturing where where you know he's he's making a difference okay so what kind of advice would you give to a parent who's got a child who's graduating high school in a year or two and they don't know if college is their thing or they don't know what they want to do or maybe they know they want to go into manufacturing what advice would you give them well i i I would the conversation I'd have with another parent is, how comfortable are you and how comfortable are you with your child uh, having a starting off life with a large amount of debt? So um, there's no reason to go straight into debt to get an education that may or may not give you a return on investment that you know covers the lost wages, the lost time, and you know frankly it's one thing to go to college because you're interested in something but it's quite another to make sure that what that is you know uh, is a good business decision Um, you're going to lose in wages while working it could be as much as a quarter of a million dollars wow and so do you really want to walk away from a quarter of a million dollars in the five or likely six years that that college program is going to take because if you look at the statistics fellow parent the graduation rates that they're talking about now are five-year and six-year college graduation rates it's no longer a four-year degree and if your child changes majors just once you've bought another year of full expenses so um, do you want to forego a quarter of a million dollars in, in wages if you were working at a well-paying manufacturing job? Foregoing the wages and incurring debt at the same time. And, and the debt is, okay, so mm-hmm. how much is that? And, and how much of that can you pay? How much of that is going to be actually interest-bearing loans and for how long and who pays? And you can do plus loans and that means it's on you mom and dad and the student can get a little bit too Um, it's just it's a big investment and I don't see the the surety the stability the the outcome as being necessarily uh, in your favor right well and it's important to weigh all the facts and you got to make sure they're facts they're not the myths of way back when when it was dark dirty and dangerous the fact is it's now safe smart sustainable and stable absolutely and the other thing that i'd point out is the college program the the subject and and here's a disclaimer folks Uh, i have a an undergraduate degree i have a master's degree Um, i teach university courses and I teach university courses at the graduate level, but the fact of the matter is, if you're a history major, the the median salary for a history major is probably under forty thousand a year. Isn't that sad? 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of debt, a lot of wages to lose, a lot yeah. of debt to incur yeah. for that kind of salary. And, and what kind of, of salary does our industry look at? We're, we're looking in, uh, if we look across the board at all occupations in precision machining, we're looking at over $44,000 a year. No debt. No, 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 <laughs> no debt. No college debt. No debt. No, and, and, and by the way, you know, as a parent, so we helped my son get a CNC operator credential at a local community college while he was working. Mm. His employer also helped. Nice. Right? Yeah, so, employers will pay to help with training. Absolutely. Yeah. You, get a, you get a job in a shop, you show, I want an initiative, I want to get better. You know, yep. you are on your way. You are on your way. So that's just, that's across all occupations. But once you get to the point where you can do setup, mm-hmm. where you can be a shift lead, where you can do actual programming of the control. Look at a drawing, say, that means this tool needs to go in this far for this long. And then when you're doing that, we're talking 59, 60,000, not counting overtime bonus, 401k, healthcare, on and on and on and on. Wow. And listeners, you, you actually, Miles, you should tell the listeners, you're not pulling these numbers out of thin air. Where are you pulling these numbers from? Well, we do an annual wage survey at PMPA of our member shops. And uh, these are across 80, I think we had like 84 shops this year that participated. These, these are real numbers. They're real numbers, yeah, from real shops. And that, that was 2021 data, 2020 we data. We completed the report in 2021 for, on 2020 2020 data. data, that's what I thought. So that's as uh, up-to-date as you can get. Yeah, well, it's in- interesting, and not, not to, to make too much of a point of it, but the BLS just updated, is working on an update for the machinist and tool and die making job description, and they called me, and we actually had some edits that we helped them with on their description for the career. That's awesome. I love it. So where would you send parents? Okay, now they're interested in their child, or maybe the, the child is interested in manufacturing. Where would you send them? Well, I'd, before I'd send them anywhere, I'd just ask them to, to check off a few things so, so they don't, you know, uh, go on a wild goose chase. So did, did, your, did your child do good in math? I mean, I, they don't have to be honors. Right. But, you know, if they're comfortable with algebra, <laughs> that's yeah. a great sign. If they did great in geometry because it wasn't arithmetic, it was thinking, <laughs> welcome to precision machining, you know. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Computer skills. You know, it's, it's not everybody likes to read books these days, but, boy, you can get everybody can do everything on a computer, on a screen, on a touchpad. If your child is, is comfortable and natively comfortable with online and, and electronic media, they're not going to have any transition problems coming into manufacturing because we don't carry big honking binders around like we used to. <laughs> and else? the other thing, if, if you trust your child with your car, yeah, then 
we should probably, they'll probably be trustworthy around a quarter of a million dollar piece of equipment. Those are expensive pieces of equipment. That's or half true. a million dollar piece of equipment. <laughs> it's true. Or a $20,000 gauge. Wow. Right? We right. saw those on we, one of our visits, we right? We did see those. Don't so. drop this. It's 30 grand. <laughs> so you're saying a sense of personal responsibility? A personal responsibility, sure. That's, you know, ticket to success anywhere, but send them to us first. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, you're talking about binders and reading, but these are hands-on. You've got to be a hands-on person, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you remember stepping on Legos in the dark in the middle of the night? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good <laughs> sign that somebody's pretty good with their hands, <laughs> right? That's the real apprenticeship. When they built those castles and forts and towers and airplanes and flying saucers mm -hmm. out of Legos, they're telling you, I want to do something more than sit at a desk. Yep, they want to work with their hands. Right, and think. It's it's about create. Right. It's creating it, and, and that's the real thing. You know, we created ventilator parts. We create dental implant parts. We create the stuff that keeps you safe in your car. Yeah, it is. It's, it's it is creating. It's creating, and it's very technical. Yeah. Did you have food today? Thank a machinist, <laughs> because some appliance prepared it, something ground the meat. I mean, did you have food today? Thank a machinist. I love that. So what else? Are there any other qualities they should look for? You know, uh, any parent that's got the discipline to be looking out for their child's best interest, they're already gonna have instilled in their child, a sense of personal responsibility, a good work ethic, and they're looking out for what's best for their, their child. And you know what? Uh, that's, that's pretty much uh, a sign that your child has that same shared value. So send them to a local shop. I mean. Well, they could go on our, our website, pmpa.org, and look for PMPA member shops, give them a call. They could also go on uh, the pmpafoundation.org where all the technical schools are listed and such. We have a lot of resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, again, uh, go to open houses, manufacturing day, and, and really the one thing I'd ask is I'd ask the high school counselors that are telling your kid they need to go to college. Oh, because the counselors, that, uh, that's part of their little point yeah, system. That's their rating thing. Yeah. I just asked the counselors, just how good are the jobs that those English majors and communications majors, how much are they making? And how does it compare to a forty or fifty or $60,000 uh, salary that is being earned by somebody? Legit question. It, it really is. You know, I put myself through college in manufacturing. It was it was the three Ds, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I wouldn't give it to my kids either, and I'm not trying to sell it to your kids. I'm welcoming my kids, and I'm welcoming yours, and I'm welcoming my grandkids into an area that's smart, safe, stable, and sustainable, unlike my memories of the 50s and 60s. And aren't we glad those are in the past? Yes, we are. 
And that wraps up today's podcast on manufacturing careers from one parent's view. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You don't want to miss one. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, podcasts, and other resources. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see the myriad of other benefits. And why is a PMPA membership so important, Miles? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Just like your child will be with a safe, stable, sustainable job in precision manufacturing. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.